Just a quick announcement before you get into this episode of Cybersecurity Decoded. Our latest annual report is now available to download for free. That's free of fees and free of registration. You can just download it from selabs.uk slash AR. And if you want to know about threat intelligence, details of how we test security products, and find out who won in our security awards, grab it as soon as you can from selabs.uk slash AR. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Decoded. This is a Series 2 bonus episode featuring a full-length interview with Eugene Kaspersky, founder and CEO of security company Kaspersky, which used to be called Kaspersky Lab. Kaspersky is probably best known for its anti-malware software, but the company's research team has also published in-depth investigations into nation-state-level cyber attacks. In this interview, Eugene, or Yevgeny, if you're from the East, talks about platform security, has Microsoft solved security, his own approach to unhackable operating systems, the problem with smart coffee machines, and why he doesn't use a Mac. Windows Defender, um, the antivirus that comes with Windows 10 and 11 now, I think we could both agree it's much better than it used to be, than previous versions. And Windows 10... Uh, and I guess 11, now has a lot of built-in security features that used to be either beta products or or extra add-ons you could install if you knew what you were doing, or even third-party products. But a lot of this stuff now just comes out of the box. So from your perspective, do you think Microsoft has solved security for everybody? Uh, yes, you're absolutely right that Microsoft uh, invests a lot into the cybersecurity and it makes uh, their operating systems and applications more safe, more secure than before. And uh, actually, it's not just Microsoft, but their um, Apple, for example, uh, Google, they also do a lot uh, with the security built into their products. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't solve the problem. Uh, so their their products and operating systems they are getting more smart, more secure. Uh, but unfortunately, the cyber criminals, the bad ha- guys, the hackers, they are getting more professional. Uh, and unfortunately, it's still the operating system is still vulnerable. It's still there is a space uh, for bad guys of uh, different types to hack the systems and uh, to make problems to the the victims. I mean, that's an interesting point you make about Apple because they really sell themselves on the superior security. Um, but is the Apple operating system, let's say Mac OS, Mac OS, is that inherently more secure or is it just that they're being targeted less, do you think? It's a very, very good question. And actually, that's uh, the situation. It's not uh, stable. So the, the companies, they invest more and more in the cybersecurity. And in the past, let's say like 10 years ago, I would say that Microsoft is much more advanced uh, in cybersecurity comparing to uh, Apple, but not anymore. Uh, Both companies, they do their best to make the products and operating system more secure. Uh, But once again, unfortunately, there still is a space for the bad guys to hack the systems and well, to do anything they want with infected systems. It's uh, true for Microsoft Windows, for Mac, for Android, and from time to time, even for iOS. 
It's more complicated, obviously, mm-hmm. more protective system. Basically, from time to time, uh, there are vulnerabilities found. They're expensive, but they do exist. Uh, and unfortunately, from time to time, they have problems as well. I mean, that's an interesting point. I think that if you go back 10 years or even further, uh, a common tactic or strategy uh, would be strength and diversity. So you might have Kaspersky antivirus on a server and you might have Symantec antivirus on your endpoints and some kind of, I don't know, security gateway as well. So you'd have defense in in depth. If Microsoft and Apple solve security, then those companies are going to stop operating. And then surely the attackers only have to worry about Microsoft and Apple because they are going to persist, aren't they? They're not going to give up. Uh, well, actually, uh, I'm afraid it will never happen. Uh, uh, if they build their operating uh, systems and uh, application on existing uh, architecture, uh, and uh, there will be any any time in a, um, there will be some some space and abilities for uh, professional hackers to get into the system. Uh, I see that uh, there. Uh, the solution the, to have, have to develop the system which doesn't need antivirus. Uh, actually, we are working on that uh, for quite a long time. Uh, and uh, it's possible to do that uh, with uh, some uh, reduction of uh, functionality and flexibility of the systems. Uh, and we have the, our own operating system, which is based on a completely different architecture uh, with like a security DNA uh, inside, but it's not like Microsoft Windows. It's not as flexible, not as functional. Uh, so it's mostly for Internet of Things, uh, for industrial systems, uh, for the gadgets which don't need uh, the extra functionality. Uh, so it's possible to design uh, so-called unhackable, <laughs> unhackable systems, uh, but it's not uh, as functional as Microsoft because, well, uh, the more functionality you have, uh, more uh, more flexibility you want to have, the more vulnerable the system is. Uh, and it's a truth not only about the cyber systems. I think it's a truth about anything around us, starting from buildings, constructions, uh, mathematical proofs, <laughs> games, everything. The more complicated system is, uh, the much more vulnerable, much more uh, risk that they have vulnerabilities and there are space for the bad guys. Well, I remember you telling me years ago um, you had a particularly cold Moscow winter uh, and you had two cars and one was um, quite an inexpensive car that many Moscovites used and you also had a BMW and the BMW wouldn't start, but the less complicated car was fine. Yeah, <laughs> do you remember that time? Oh, it was, uh, it was like 15 years ago. I, well, the, I had a new, I had a brand new, uh, just like a, Months old BMW 330, uh, and it started, but it failed to drive with the speed I liked. Uh, it detected many problems and reduced the speed uh, maximum, as far as I remember, 30 or 40 kilometers per hour. <laughs> and then I changed to I changed to, to Russian Lada, and I had no problems. <laughs> But I think that illustrates the point, doesn't it? That complexity and flexibility brings in all these possible problems. Uh, the same problem if you drive, uh, uh, as I already told you, uh, we, we were driving cars uh, in extremely cold conditions in the Russian Far East. The same there. So the the simple cars, uh, they are, they're better. And uh, the two, two smart cars, that could be a problem to drive in such conditions. 
And so when you're talking about the operating system that you're working on, um, is that a little bit more like a mobile operating system where the user has less ability to dig down into the lower levels? Uh, it's not really a mobile operating system. Uh, it's a kind of... Uh, it can be used in a different platforms, in a different environment. Uh, the only thing is a limit of uh, functionality. So some scenarios uh, which we like to have on our computers, on the mobile phones, they're simply not possible there uh, because of this uh, limit limitation of... Uh, well, this operating system is secure by design, and we call it immune system. Unfortunately, not all scenarios are possible based on this platform. Uh, so we have it uh, already uh, on industrial gateways. Uh, we have a thin client based on this operating system. Uh, well, we'll have a mobile phone, but it, it's not really the mobile phone. It's not really a smartphone. It could be the kind of uh, immune communicator. Uh, and uh, I guess it will be, uh, well, actually, we're going to focus that it for industrial environment to operate uh, the infrastructure, to operate the production remotely through the mobile networks. It makes me think of um, some of the vulnerabilities aren't even in the operating system or the apps, but the behavior of the users. Um, there was a case in some country where the US and possibly UK army were stationed um, on operations. And I think it was Fitbit or something was putting information out so you could actually see the the routes that the um, the soldiers were running around the base. So if you had Strava or one of those fitness apps, you could actually see where the military operations were because it was a, a an operational security vulnerability rather than a technical vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. well, there, there are many different uh, security scenarios and vulnerability scenarios. Uh, and uh, I'm speaking on the operating system, which is immune from uh, injection uh, of the malicious uh, un unwanted applications, unwanted code. Uh, so it doesn't solve uh, other security issues. And speaking about vulnerabilities in the operating system, uh, but actually the architecture of this system is uh, microkernel. Uh, so all their parts of operating system and applications, they're split in the micro models. Uh, so it's more easy to test it for vulnerabilities and uh, the risk of zero-day uh, vulnerabilities, so the risk of the zero-day attacks is much less uh, than comparing to their traditional operating systems like Microsoft Windows, Linux, and others. And what about um, the applications that people would install onto that operating system? If they are vulnerable themselves or even malicious, will the operating system keep them at arm's length and prevent them from doing the bad things? That's the key feature of our operating system. Uh, so if uh, there any application is uh, uh, compromised, uh, it can't affect the rest of the system. So if there is an untrusted or broken part in the system, it will not damage the rest of applications and rest of functionality. So this is a key feature of our operating system. So every model is isolated from others and they can communicate by design of operating system. They can communicate only through the security layer and security layer checks the allowed behavior. So if uh, any piece of the system behaves uh, in a way which is not described, it will be uh, canceled. So we already made a test. Uh, my guys told me. My guys told me they had uh, uh, vulnerable. Um, I think there was a TCP/IP library, uh, 
uh, and they compiled it for our operating system and uh, tested the result. So there was no effect on the rest of their. So it was vulnerable. It was possible to uh, employ this vulnerability, but it didn't affect the rest of the system. So you mentioned earlier that the the limitation with something this secure is usability. Um, do you think this would ever find its way onto a user's phone or desktop, or is this always going to be for like mission critical kind of applications? Uh, I think that for well, for a simple future, it will be uh, it stay compact, uh, it stay not as functional as a desktop systems. Uh, maybe in uh, some future we will have some kind of the desktops, but uh, once again it will be it have a limited functionality. Uh, well, for example, uh, their uh, full backup of the system. Uh, it's not possible simply because we don't let any application to have a total access to the whole the system. That's it. This is bottom scenarios, which is uh, mm-hmm. the, the, well. Well, actually, we, we can do that, of course, but it will not be immune. It will be hackable, um, and those, it's then it's no difference with Linux, for example. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm thinking about the Apple Apple phones and and iPads. Um, People can root them. People can, and same with Android. They can um, yeah. compromise their own systems to get that lower level access. Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. But at the same time, that's possible to have vulnerabilities which affect the whole system. In our case, it's simply not possible because we have a very different, very unique architecture for operating system. So when we talk about the desktop systems that regular people use um, we try and secure them with security products you know you've got Kaspersky antivirus and obviously all of the other um, vendors and Microsoft as well um, there is a theory or at least a, a perception by some researchers that security products bring in their own vulnerabilities and then uh, the more extreme people say well you shouldn't use antivirus because it brings more problems than it solves um, but it's, there's probably more of a balance there isn't there for risk I I will disagree with that because uh, uh, the cybersecurity products they bring more benefits than problems uh, because in another way nobody would use <laughs> the third party security products. So when the, when we talk about uh, Microsoft and Apple basically running their shows, I mean particularly Apple, that's, uh, they have a, a more closed system. Um, can we actually trust them to? do the right thing by us you know we have facebook selling our data can we trust microsoft and apple to do the right thing and also can we trust them to be competent uh well uh speaking about the top vendors uh, i guess that we can trust them uh and i believe they do nothing wrong uh but what uh, i don't really uh like in the in the strategy uh, that they are moving completely into the cloud. Uh, and that could be some questions uh, of the customers, uh, which are not ready to move all the uh, data outside of the, the office, outside of the house. Uh, so I think that that's one of the concerns uh, which um, well, <laughs> stays in my mind. Uh, what, what we will do that Microsoft doesn't let us uh, to have uh, our emails our data in premises in in house uh, i guess this is one of their top most, most important issues uh, but speaking about the microsoft operating system apple operating system and applications uh, there are no indicators that there's something wrong in these systems 
Now, I'm going to ask you quite a cheeky question, Eugene, because yeah, I know that you speak from the heart and not from a, a marketing position. But do you think people need antivirus for their mobile phones? Yes, definitely, yes. Uh, well, actually, they're, they're different. Mm-hmm. So, they, well, there are two major operating systems, uh, and uh, that, that's Android and iOS. Uh, so for Android, definitely, yes, because we see there are many attacks and there are many uh, criminal actors uh, which are developing thousands uh, of malicious applications for, for Android. Uh, speaking about iPhone, uh, well, actually, it's simply not possible uh, because uh, Apple doesn't let anyone to have antivirus, endpoint antivirus uh, for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there are other threats, for example, phishing emails, uh, and well, actually, our new uh, new products will have uh, built-in anti-phishing for iOS as well. Uh, so mobile phones, it's, it's uh, same gadgets uh, as computers, so they're more or less uh, protected. So they need antivirus. And uh, I'd like to continue. Uh, their computers and uh, mobile phones, it's not uh, their... <laughs> It's not a complete list of the smart devices they use. What about Internet of Things? Uh, and when I speak to people, uh, most of them, they are completely aware about the cyber threats for computer systems, computer networks. Uh, they heard about uh, mobile security and mobile threats, uh, but they have almost zero knowledge about uh, attacks on the Internet of Things. And still, there are industrial companies which are not aware about attacks on industrial networks, on SCADA systems. Well, also, um, even home broadband routers can be compromised remotely, can't they? Uh, Yes, of course. Yes, of course. And the problem here is uh, that, okay, so in the future, we'll have dozens of the smart devices. You'll have a smart uh, coffee machine, uh, fridge, uh, vacuum cleaner, which are connected to the Internet. And technically speaking, they will be vulnerable. <laughs> if you build them uh, on the traditional operating systems, uh, they will be vulnerable. Uh, and uh, there is a risk that one day uh, your smart house is uh, badly hacked. So, well, of course, we can develop antivirus for fridge, for vacuum cleaner. But who is going to install and manage all that? <laughs> That's a problem. You need a a firewall on your Dyson. (laughs) So this is a problem. Uh, So I don't see the the future world, which is uh, um, hyper-connected, which dozens of smart devices around us. Uh, And it will happen. So they will navigate our life. They will help us. Uh, So the coffee machine and fridge, they will report the cloud when you're waking up. And the cloud... uh, knowing your typical behavior, uh, will send you the autonomous car uh, without your request. Because the cloud knows that typically uh, half an hour after waking up, you go to the office. Uh, And actually, the the smart navigator in the cloud will balance the traffic in the city. So it will be much less traffic jam, Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the world will be not just hyper-connected like now, but even more will be in completely in a cyber world. Uh, and it's true about individual life, it's true about your office life, and it will be true about industrial systems and infrastructure. And everything is vulnerable if it's built on a traditional operating system. So 
every piece of the future world will need cybersecurity. And this is impossible. It's impossible to manage. It's impossible to update, upgrade, uh, and it's too complicated. So the only way I believe that the only strategy, the true strategy is to design the systems on the uh, immune architecture to make them secure by design. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, it sounds quite science fiction, but it isn't. And it makes me think even just 10, 15 years ago, um, if you were to hack a network, um, networked printers are basically Linux servers um, and bad guys can hack into printers and they can hide their tools there. Um, so it's just one step from there to doing the same with a fridge or a vacuum cleaner. Uh, well, actually, it's not a science fiction. Uh, the first vulnerable fridge, as far as I remember, was found in 2007. <laughs> I remember I had in my presentation mm -hmm. that, yeah. that time in my presentation, uh, I had uh, the uh, slides with a fridge, which is vulnerable, uh, which coffee machine connected to the internet and vulnerable. Uh, but there was kind of exception. There was just a very new devices. Uh, and uh, well, well, but now it's getting much more, much more cyber. And uh, I believe that in the future you'll not be able to find and buy coffee machine which is not connected to the internet. It will be a standard. When we talk about um, Internet of Things and funny devices like fridges or or toasters, to many people who don't understand how computers work, it sounds far fetched. It sounds funny and kind of silly, but Generally, all of these devices are Linux-based computers, aren't they? Yes, that, that's right. So the embedded systems, they are mostly Linux-based. Uh, that's totally right. And we, we've, we've been knowing how to hack Linux systems for uh, decades. So there really isn't any big difference for a hacker to hack a fridge than a web server. Um, I guess it's almost no difference, and maybe even it's much less uh, complicated to hack it mm. uh, simply because the uh, Microsoft Windows uh, and uh, Mac operating systems they were hacked many times so these vendors they have the experience with a hacker's attack but uh, what about the fridge vendors? <laughs> the fridge vendors are probably using default passwords in many cases. Exactly like that already happened with the CCTV cameras uh, you, of course you are aware about the Mirai botnet would you like to explain a bit about that? That would be that that could be useful for people to hear. Uh, so there, I think that the world's biggest uh, cyber attack uh, with uh, unknown number of infected uh, devices uh, and which still alive for three or four years after it was found, it's a CCTV-based. Uh, malware which infected uh, the video cameras, the security cameras. Uh, so the malware was uh, developed in a very smart way and it used different ways how to infect, how to find and infect other devices. Uh, it used the default passwords, which some of vendors use, and known vulnerabilities uh, in the code of uh, different uh, cameras. Unfortunately, it was uh, very, very successful uh, malware. And once again, it's not uh, computers. It's not Microsoft Windows or Mac. It's not uh, smartphones. That's the Internet of Things. That's uh, CCTV cameras. Uh, and well, actually, that was a huge, that was a huge problem uh, with the DDoS attack, which was run by these uh, botnets, botnet 
uh, infected by Mirai uh, world. So a DDoS, a distributed denial of service. So all of these systems that were on the internet under the control of bad guys are doing their normal job on a daily basis. But when they're needed, they send lots of rubbish um, information across the internet to take down other websites or other systems. Yeah, exactly. Eugene, what do you use? Do you use a Mac or a PC? Uh, I have a PC. I used. Uh, I tried to use Mac mm-hmm. years ago, uh, and I found some... Well, now these problems are fixed as far as I know, but that time, uh, some of my favorite applications, they were not adapted for Mac. And I like the delete key, which doesn't exist on the Mac keyboard. <laughs> It's down to usability then, isn't it? Not security. (laughs) Yep, yep. Please subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, please send the link to just one of your close colleagues. And that's it. Thank you for listening. And we hope to see you again soon.